0: Welcome to episode 10 of the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for matchsticks and gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. I am Mark. I am joined by Maddie this afternoon. Maddie, how are you?
1: Great. Maybe we're going to get a special guest appearance by Maddie's cat, Sammy.
0: Maddie's cat Sammy and Gordy may be joining us in progress this is like a new wrinkle we may have to add somebody during it which means it'll probably stop crash and we'll have to restart and all the good points that we're going to make all the hot takes right into the trash because that's (laughs) just how it works yeah so the flames came home this week after a long 10-day five-game road trip they have won two in a row at home last night the flames uh easily didn't seem like it was going to be easily at the start of the game. Dispatched the sad sack New Jersey Devils last night, 5-2. to two. Um, I was like half game on the radio, half game uh, watching it on my tablet. And I was watching Taylor Hall skate, and Taylor Hall just looked like, like Eeyore. He had this like, hmm, I played for the Devils thing going on last night. He did not have a very good game last night. And I was kind of excited to see him play because... Despite where he originally came from, he is a fun guy to watch play hockey. And uh, not so much last night for uh, Mr. Hall.
1: No, I'm kind of worried that team's going to kill his spirit.
0: Yeah, you think he's a guy that's, I mean, we kind of veered off into a whole different subject here, but it was, you know, something that was definitely brought up on the broadcast was, does Taylor Hall really want to sign an extension with the Devils? And I kind of mentioned that in our preview. I was like, four wins? No, I don't think he wants to. Like, You think of Taylor Hall, all the places he could go, and someone's like, well, New Jersey's near New York. I'm like, well, depending on where you are in New Jersey, it's really not near New York, and it's New Jersey. No offense to New Jersey. My wife went to college in New Jersey. We have family there, but it's still New Jersey. So, um, yeah, yeah. I don't think Taylor Hall's going back to New Jersey, and despite all of the wonderful Twitter and armchair GMs that are Flames fans, I don't think Taylor Hall is coming to Calgary for a Michael Froelich Michael Stone, Mark Jankowski, a fifth round pick, uh, a dome dog, and some of that famous popcorn.
1: I don't know. That seems like a super fair trade to me.
0: I I did. Just okay. All right. We will give you (laughs) 12 hot dogs and Mark Jankowski. Sold. Done. So, um, but Calgary last night looked fairly impressive. Uh, Offense seemed to uh, pick up a little bit. The power play was two for six, which... In reality, sounds terrible. But if you're a Flames fan, that's a fantastic night. That's like going six for six when you get two in. Um, and Johnny Gaudreau scored a goal. Fancy, nice move. deeked went top shelf with a backhand, and look, finally started to look like the Johnny Gaudreau we're used to watching.
1: For sure, and I think more than anything, what that game felt like for me was a make your own luck situation, like. Both Gaudreau and uh, Backlund both had really good chances early, just couldn't convert on them and then got kind of a lucky bounce later on. Um, So I think that's hopefully what we're going to be seeing some more of going forward, because I think overall the process has been pretty good. Um, I think the bounces are going to start going their way. Soon, so it was nice to see that starting to happen.
0: Agree, it was nice to see Sean Monahan get on the board because it feels mm-hmm. like Sean Monahan, even though he's been on the ice, hasn't really been on the ice. Um, and same with Goudreau and Backlund. I mean, it was, you know, one of these you you we cover the team, you watch the games, you write about everything, but sometimes stats hit you where you're like, really? The fact that Backlund only had two goals coming into last night just was, blew my mind. Um, so it was good to see him get on the scoreboard. I agree, but Noah Hannafin, uh kind of had the game of his life last night. And that is a very, very exciting thing to see. As as we all know, we have a Norse Trophy winner on the blue line who's getting up there in age, who's still eight years younger than me, but I digress. Um, (laughs) You know, it's nice to see Hannafin take that next step. And his defense has been really good this season. I'd like to see a little more of the offense come out of him. And last night was uh, kind of like his coming out party in Calgary a season later.
1: Yeah, definitely. and selfishly i also love to see it because i really liked him when he was in carolina obviously getting to see a lot more of him playing in the metro um covering the flyers and kind of always thought that there was more offensive upside there than we were seeing early on his, in his career and now it's happening and i look super right and very smart so that's always definitely a plus oh, totally. um, that,
0: that's the only reason for
1: it to happen right <laughs> <laughs> but no he's been fantastic to start this season um I know we're going to talk about this later, but players outside of the big main core that have really impressed us. For me, it's him. Excellent. Like full stop.
0: Well, let's jump right into that next one then. we. Uh, this was a topic Michael came up with and I'm kind of bummed he's not here to discuss it with us, but it was, who's the person you're most impressed with out of the, you know, the top five and David Riddick? Because you could easily say David Riddick because he has been the Calgary Flames along with your best friend, Elias Lindholm. So those two clearly in there. But, you know, um, truth be told, out of the top five, I really haven't been impressed with Goudreau, Monaghan, or Backlund. So I, whatever with them, they don't really count. But you just mentioned Noah Hannafin. Um, a guy that's really turned me around is Andrew Mangiopani. I think he is having a fantastic start to the season. Worked his way up through the lineup to the fact that I he's got to be the the new and fixed third M on the 3M line uh, to skate with Matthew Kachuk and Michael Backlund at this point.
1: Yeah. And it's nice. He's may not always be, I feel like the flashiest player out there, but he just, he does always seem to be doing the right things. Um, He feels like, like sort of a cliche thing to say about a player, but it's true.
0: No, it isn't. He's like, I feel like he's like a grinder with some speed and some puck handling skills. He's got some hands. It's not like he's just, you know, meat like Lucic. He's a guy who's got some discernible skills. And I'm not knocking Lucic. I I know we all kind of semi-disagreed with what happened uh, in Columbus with um, Cole Sherwood, but a total different subject. But like Mangiapane, like, I like that he's got a little bit of that anger to his game for a really small guy. He gets run over constantly. And what we don't see out of our star number 13 is when he gets run over, it's like, what happened? Why is there no call? The palms are up, and he's complaining, and he's screaming, and he's, yeah, Manjia Pani gets up, skates after the guy, and tries to hit him. Like, I like that grit that he brings to the game. For a little guy, he's definitely got some moxie. Did I say moxie? What am I, 75 years old? Like, he's got some chutzpah. <laughs> I'll try that. I, don't know. I like his game. He's definitely, he's impressed me. Forget stats, just his overall play, I think, has been, amazing and the fact that bill peters has trusted him to go up to that 3m line says a lot about his play
1: yeah and i like that like you said he's sort of a grinder but it's like a grinder for the modern game yeah where as things are getting faster you need the guy who can bring that sort of lunch pail game but can still actually contribute with some skill in a meaningful way um you do have to be a bit more multi-dimensional in that way and I like him for being that.
0: I agree. I just wish like he could have a step stool. Like when he goes to like get after somebody, he could plop it on the ice and climb up and be like, all right, now I can now we're almost <laughs> eye level. You know, you watch him pick it on some of these guys that run him over, and it's like it's like that old Looney Tunes cartoon with the big dog and the little dog just jumping at him, yipping because <laughs> he's so little. But he definitely I his his game has been fantastic. But to get back to Noah Hannafin as well, I think that's another easy candidate as well. Um, uh, Hannafin has done an exceptional job this season and not doing it flashy either like just again kind of a lunch pail guy a guy you look at the stats and you're like oh wow he's having actually a really good season but he's not doing anything out of the ordinary he's not scoring overtime goals between his legs picking top corner but he's getting the job done so
1: yeah and in a way that's kind of what you want from your defenseman right if you're mm -hmm. not going to be the guy putting up huge offensive numbers uh you're only going to really stand out if you're making huge mistakes so the fact that he's just quietly doing his job feels like the best case scenario yeah
0: and calgary does have one of those defensemen who does seem to catch a uh, lot of flack for being a flashy in the wrong way defenseman in tj brody but um honestly you look at brody and i don't he's he's only had he's only like counted for eight turnovers this season which in 17, oh, 19 games isn't a lot as far as I'm concerned. He just kind of seems to be the whipping boy. The problem is his turnovers always lead to something horrible down the other end. It's like Brody turns the puck over and then the rink burns down. It's a car fire. It's a nightmare. But um, so um, we'll get into the next topic, which is the um, we're going to talk a little more about defense, which is weird because we've been t- complaining so much about how the offense hasn't been working. Um, the PK has been fantastic, but. Uh, another topic, actually, I think Michael brought this up or maybe you brought it up. This thread is so long. I can't remember Geo and Rasmus Anderson. Is that a pairing that should be looked at as opposed to switching Brody and Hammonick going back and forth? Because I don't know how you feel about it, but I like what I see out of Anderson when he's up there with Geo.
1: Uh, yeah, I think that was Michael's topic, um, to give credit where it's due. (laughs) Um, no, I definitely think we should be giving Anderson a longer look up on that top pair. Um, I understand why they would kind of want to have Brody up there if they're not trusting him to be able to drive a pair on his own. If you just stick him with Giordano, then at least he can drag him around and hopefully they can get something out of him. But I think it's it's time to let the the kid have a longer lead.
0: I agree. If you look at his his um, average time on ice right now, this season is 1838. And that puts him about two minutes behind both Hammonick and Brody. And I still don't like you make do make a valid point about Brody being able to carry his own line. Like, is Brody going to be able to go out there? And ca- I don't think he's going to carry Hammonick. I don't think Hammonick needs to be carried. But is he going to be able to carry Michael Stone? Or is he going to be able to carry Oliver Shillington or Brendan Davidson, all of a sudden, who has appeared out of nowhere. Oliver Shillington uh, gets the ride. But, I, yeah, I kind of look at it that way. And Anderson, I do think, needs to slide up. But it's a matter of who do you pair Brody with at that point and who do you kind of shuffle through the lineup. Um, The one thing I would like to see a little more out of Anderson, though, is I'd like to see more offense. Um, At 19 games so far, he's got six points. He's got two goals and four assists um where is it shots uh he's got 35 shots on goal which in eh, 19 games that's okay and i mean for a bottom defensive pairing guy that's not bad you know um but it's also just i want to see him shoot the puck more because he has an absolute cannon for a shot it just seems like one of those shots always hits somebody in front of the net or it's just wide and that seems to be a Calgary Flames defenseman thing right now is when you watch the games. I want to actually start keeping track of it. How many times a Flames defenseman from the point just shoots the puck and it goes six feet wide of the net or five feet over?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely um, pretty frustrating to watch. Um, and to your point about that, like that's definitely something I think Anderson has to work on specifically. It's something I've noticed too with just younger players in general, um, making the jump to the NHL. One of the kind of finer points that they have to work on is actually getting shots through on that. And, and I think it's going to come with time, but yeah, yeah. Um, for I,
0: sure. I liken it like a lot to lacrosse too. I I coach lacrosse and I always tell the kids like, or even the high school kids like it's it's not how hard you shoot it. Like if you can shoot the ball or the puck a hundred miles an hour, that's great. But if you can't put it within three feet of the net, you're no good. You're not helping anybody like take 10, 15 miles an hour off it and put it somewhere where it's going to do something, you know, where it could be tipped in or, you know, it goes through a screen, that type of stuff. So um, yeah, more offensive out, out of Rasmus Anderson, definitely. But I, I'd like to see him spend a little more time up top with Geo and, you know, let it all the, you know, the bottom two pairings, figure it out and mix it up. Cause as we've seen, Bill Peters doesn't really seem to uh, care about mixing things up. So maybe that's something we can look forward to. So we were talking about last night. Yeah. The flames five, two win, how sad Taylor hall looks and how quickly he must get out of New Jersey. Our, our most impressive non-top five, you are Noah Hanna fan. I was Andrew Manjapani. I don't think either of us are wrong. I think they're both perfect answers. So we can combine them into one person. We'll be perfect. We'll have, noah Hannafa japanji um and then we just talked, <laughs> sounds like a robin williams movie and then uh we talked about geo and rasmus anderson pairing up and with those three topics out of the way we are going to take a quick break to pay some bills and we will be right back after this i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're hear us in conversation with business icons Welcome back to episode 10 of the tinderbox and i got it right this week last week i said welcome back to episode 8 we're in episode 9 nobody pointed it out and now i just told you so now you can tell me what a dope i am we are the podcast for matchsticks and gasoline the calgary flames website for sb nation it's mark and maddie on this lovely friday afternoon well it's lovely in massachusetts and sunny i don't know what it's like where you are but we'll go with lovely we're talking hockey what else do we need in life so calgary Uh, played the most games so far in the NHL. The Flames have been kind of hosed by the NHL schedule makers. They are the only team who's played 19 games. And you look at their schedule, they had 17 games in a 30 day stretch, which you're like, oh, that's 13 days off. That's not a lot, especially with travel. And you figure they had a 10 day trip, which is five games. One of them was the Winter Classic, it was outdoor. Then they got Shoved east, um so it's not been an easy uh, hike for the Flames so far this season. I mean, it's uh, whoever made the schedule is like, hey, let's let's mess with the Flames a little bit because uh, that that's a pretty heavy workload to start a season, no?
1: Yeah, it's honestly it's just brutal. There's no other way to say it, I don't think. And that's something I've been trying so hard to keep in the back of my mind. With no matter how things are going. try not to get too, too worked up about it because the schedule is so, so not helping them.
0: Exactly. And you figure they have the Blues on Saturday night and then they've got a good gap. I don't think they play again until Wednesday. So it's like, you know, massive space. They finally get a little bit of rest. Now, with all that said, with the team that's been up and down, they are now tied with Edmonton atop the Pacific Division. Whereas three days ago, Calgary was middle of the pack. I think they were fifth. Now they're tied. They're also second or third in the western conference like things have completely flipped around granted having a two to three game lead on everybody else helps because you've piled up a few more points with that but still kind of a remarkable turnaround for a team that a couple weeks ago we were like "Eh, maybe it's time to look at breaking this thing up in some spaces no
1: oh yeah we were like everything was on fire everything was bad trade everybody just fold the team move it to houston we're packing it up here, and now second in the division, and everything seems okay again. It's what a roller coaster this has been,
0: right? And if we're only 19 games into the season, what's it going to be like at like the midway point? Like I'm going to have no hair or more gray hair or whatever. It's going to be like I can't imagine. <laughs> Bill Peters, like the one thing I will say, I love that he challenges this team. He's not afraid to just come out and just be like, "You guys suck." Um, <laughs> he kind of, you know, they had they had the the great comeback, you know the 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 Kachuk overtime goal the other night against um, I'm drawing a blank. Who did they play the night? Was a Nashville? Which uh, night? The, the their last four three overtime win they had the other night. I'm drawing a blank here. Um, where he scored the goal, like it was just like a weak shot. He just like threw it at the net. And it, oh, who do they? This is gonna drive me nuts. I gotta look it up now. My prep for this podcast is amazing. I am just I am just a prep machine.
1: It's uh, great. No, I just watched last night's game before we started recording because I was down at the Flyers last night. So I'm like, oh, I guess I should probably <laughs> see what's going on with the Flames, actually.
0: It was Arizona. Watch the
1: game, nerd. It was okay. Arizona.
0: They got to overtime. They they were losing. They came back. They roared back. They got to overtime. And the Flames actually did a great job in that game of just kind of cycling the puck and tiring um, the Coyotes out there. They got a line trapped out there and Kachuk just kind of just flicked the shot at net and it somehow made its way through and they went in overtime. And Peters just destroyed them after the game. Just like how bad they were. Like they can't play. And he's right. The Calgary hasn't put together a 60 minute game. And even last night was close for a little while. It's like, you're like, oh, the Devils are up on nothing. Oh, they tied it. No, oh, now the Devils are up. to. Oh my God, they're going to lose to the Devils. The Devils team where everybody looks sad. Nobody wants to beat it. It's like like five Eeyores skating on the ice at the same time and a goalie who can't stop anything. But yet the Flames fell behind again. But it seemed like really quickly, Calgary totally flipped that because in the second period, the Flames outshot the Devils 17-4. to 4. I mean, they totally took command of that game. But um, yeah, it just kind of seems like Peters doesn't care. And he's like... He kind of can rip into his team and the ebbs and flows of the season. I think it's going to be kind of fun because he's not afraid to tell this team what he thinks. He's not afraid to move people around up and down, bench people, scratch people. I mean, Froelich's been scratched. Jankowski's been scratched. Um, So I think that stuff may slow once this team kind of gets into a groove and gets a normal schedule where they're not playing, uh, you know, 20 games in six days.
1: Yeah, it's going to be nice to have a little bit of breathing room.
0: On to Fan Poll Friday. Typically, we do some sort of crazy Flames-related re- thing where it's, you know, uh, who should be traded? Will the Flames ever win a game? Will the Power Play ever score? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, we were all kind of chatting one night during one of the games, and somehow video games came up. I think Michael might have talked about he had, like, downloaded any. NH- oh, no, it's he and Gordy going to, uh, going to Regina, where they had downloaded... NHL 94 for their phone and they were going to play it on the way out there or whatever. Um, cause I guess, what else do you do when you're driving across the prairie and there's nothing to look at? Um, so <laughs> Michael and we got talking we're like, Hey, what's like the greatest hockey video game of all time. And you will clearly notice that, um, I don't even know if Michael was born during this last game, uh, which was, <laughs> in here. but uh, you could also clearly tell when uh, Mark stopped playing video games because it was around like 1999. Um, Cause they got hard and expensive and I just didn't care anymore. Um, so we <laughs> asked everybody, you know, Hey, what's the best hockey video game of all time. And uh, the choices were Atari hockey, which, you know, in 1984 was the coolest thing ever. Uh, now you look at it and you're like, two guys don't even have sticks. Um, Nintendo Ice Hockey, which was great because you could put four chubby guys out on the ice and just run people over. Superstar Ice Hockey, personally, was one of my favorites. It was an old computer game back when you had to put a floppy disk into a computer and boot it up. There was no windows. You know, the game had three colors because that was all that was available. Uh, Blades of Steel, NHL 94, easily the greatest hockey game of all time. Blah blah blah. Anyway, so the fan poll for today was we asked, what's the best hockey game of all time? And 78% agree with me that NHL 94 is the best and the only right answer. Uh, and then just a couple votes for everything else. It's a pretty, uh, slow fan poll Friday. The one I'm surprised though, that hasn't garnered any yet. Maybe it's just because it's early in the day and people are still playing video games was I want the time back that it took me to read this article. I figured <laughs> that one would have had like a thousand votes and been like 85%. So, uh, so that's the fan poll for today. Uh, video games. Um, I don't know anything about current video games. Apparently, Fortnite is the coolest thing ever. That's what my son says, I don't know what it means. You fall out of a bus in the sky. I I, I don't know anything. I'm officially old.
1: Yeah, I've got nothing so, there. So sorry. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, that's good. You're a normal human being. That's the way it should be. <laughs> you should have no <laughs> opinion on this. Nobody should. You know, like I said, it's anything I any input I had in there. It was a uh, very, 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 very long time ago when graphics were still iffy and uh you probably had to blow on a nintendo game and jam it in the machine so (laughs) that's it you got anything else to add to this
1: uh (laughs) wonderful ending of a podcast i don't don't even know how i could follow that up possibly
0: no no, you can't see people these are the hard-hitting takes that we deliver here at the tinderbox for matchsticks and gasoline all right maddie well thank you very much no it is it's it's content with jam that content right at you we're all about making sausage it might not be the quality it's all about the quantity so (laughs) maddie thank you so much for joining me this afternoon
1: thank you for having me All right, we
0: are the Tinderbox, the podcast for matchsticks and gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. If you like all the nonsense we talked about today, especially that incredibly in-depth video game chat we just had, please download our podcast at iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next week on the Tinderbox.